All right, so um, I apologize. I'm very polished. There we go. All right, so we are continuing in our study in uh, Luke chapter 17, and uh, we are going to look at that section, uh, that last part of Luke 17, where uh, Jesus is uh, talking about the days of Noah and the days of Lot. And uh, no, I did not plan this. This just happens to be where we are in uh, Luke 17 in light of everything that's going on. But I think it's a timely study. And so uh, I hope, uh, pray that God will bless, bless our time together in his word. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. I certainly need it uh, to kind of help settle things down. And so we can get into our study. Holy Father in heaven, we look to you, Lord God, as the, the, the God of, uh, of all resources. Father, you provide us uh, not only what we need with our physical needs, but also, Father, with our spiritual needs, our emotional needs, uh, for you are totally uh, complete, and you complete us. And we thank you so much, Lord, for your care for us, for your love for us. And even though we are living in um, times that for many may be times of anxiety, maybe times of worry. Lord, help us not to be overcome by fear, uh, but rather, Father, to trust uh, trust in you, Lord, uh, to find our solace in you. As I look around, Father, and as I observe what's going on, it just seems like uh, there is someone that is backing man into the corner, and he's using fear to do it. And so, Lord, uh, we just know that uh, with you, uh, you have not given us a, a spirit of fear, but, Father, of a spirit of, of confidence and of love and of assurance. And so, therefore, Lord, we look to you in these anxious times and uh, pray for your peace uh, that would uh, uh, super, uh, just uh, over, uh, overrule all of this and uh, help us, Father, to uh, look to you uh, for our resource, for our strength, for our comfort, for our peace. We thank you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so we're looking at Luke uh, chapter 17, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot. So let me uh, go ahead and uh, read verses uh, 26 to 30, and then uh, I'll make some comments on this. In uh, Luke 17 and verse 26, and Jesus says, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Verse 28, Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So the context of this remaining portion of Luke chapter 17, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, uh, are the last days that make up uh, the tribulation period that we know of, uh, as the book of Revelation talks about, that goes up to the day of Christ's uh, little literal return to the earth. And when he does come, in context of Luke 17, he comes to the earth in judgment. 
Okay, so that's the context of this passage. Um, the born again uh, believers alive uh, prior to the tribulation period will have already been raptured, if you will, or caught up uh, to be with the Lord in heaven uh, where they will uh, stand before the judgment seat of Christ, also known as the the Bema seat of Christ uh, written about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, There there will be an accounting of uh, their works uh, for Christ, uh, where they will receive reward, after which uh, there will be the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven, uh, where the bridegroom and the bride will uh, celebrate and rejoice together in heaven. Uh, but uh, wh- on earth, while this is going on in heaven, on earth uh, there will be a time of uh, tribulation, a time of judgment. Uh, the two examples that uh, uh, Jesus uses here as illustrations or as types were actual uh, historical events and uh, it's from these uh, two events that uh, Jesus' intention uh, was uh, to instruct these uh, folks about the coming of the kingdom of God for those who were looking for the kingdom of God and like it says here in verse 30 he says even thus like it was in the days of Lot like it was in the days of Noah even thus shall it be in the day when the son of man is revealed Field, all right, or when he shows up, when he comes again, uh, there are uh, certain similarities uh, between these uh, two events uh, that would aid those who were living, who are uh, to be living during the, those times when the Son of Man re- would be revealed, uh, that they could recognize, if you will, uh, signs of his soon arrival of his soon coming again. And that's who I believe he is speaking to. He's speaking to those folks who are living during those days. Now, we need to talk about some things. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about the title, uh, Son of Man, that he says here in verse 30, uh, when the Son of Man shall be revealed. Uh, this title, uh, Son of Man, is, is one that the Lord Jesus himself had used often about himself when he referred to himself. Uh, in the Gospels, uh, this title of the Son of Man is found, I believe I counted some 84 times Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man. In fact, the Gospel of Matthew, uh, the Gospel that talks about the king, you know, that's that's his theme as the king in the kingdom. Uh, in that Gospel alone, uh, the title Son of Man is used some 32 times. So the title Son of Man is in reference, uh, again, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this very same title, uh, the Son of Man, is also found in the book of Revelations. In uh, Revelation chapter 1, in verse 13, it reads, And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden golden girdle. So there we see that reference to the Son of Man. Of course, it's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the second time that we see the title Son of Man in Revelations is found in Revelations 14, 14, where it says, And I looked, and behold, a white 
cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto uh, the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, in his hand a sharp sickle. So again, this Son of Man is the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting uh, sitting on the judgment seat. Um, it, it is this title that identifies uh, Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Remember the Pharisees here in Luke 17 were looking for the king, coming of the kingdom, and the Messiah was there present. The Son of Man uh, was there present among them, but yet they <clears throat> refused to believe in him as such. So uh, this title, Son of Man, identifies Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Of course, uh, the word Christ means anointed. So he is the anointed Messiah or anointed king. He's anointed by God. Uh, This title would also be recognized uh, by any uh, Jew who knew his Bible because Daniel the prophet had written about the Son of Man who was uh, to receive the kingdom. In Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 13, we read, And I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, And they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. So clearly, uh, this title, Son of Man, is in reference to this one who is receiving this dominion or this kingdom, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So what the Lord is telling his disciples about this time is about when the Son of Man shall be revealed or when he comes. Uh, In Daniel, we see the Son of Man uh, receiving the kingdom. And in Luke, what he's talking about here is the Son of Man, when he comes, he will come in judgment. He will come in judgment. Now, It is to be understood uh, that what he is speaking here in Luke 17, uh, the church will not be present. I should say the true church, uh, the church that is the bride of Christ, the church that is made up of born-again believers, uh, the church that are now living uh, during this age of grace, this church age, uh, they will not be present during this time that Jesus is talking about here in Luke chapter 17. As in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, uh, we have we will already be raptured, if you will, or caught up into heaven to be with the Lord forever, according to First Thessalonians chapter four, uh, verse seventeen. Uh, this time that Jesus is referring to here in Luke seventeen is that same time uh, that the Apostle Paul referred to after he spoke about uh, the rapture of the church in. First, uh, First Thessalonians, uh, chapter four, verses thirteen through eighteen. He follows that uh, the Apostle Paul in First Thessalonians. He follows that in verse uh, chapter five, starting in verse one. He says, "But of the times and, and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night." I think we've read that before in Luke's gospel. For when they shall say peace and safety then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape 
Now this phrase used by Paul as travail upon a woman with child is in reference to what we know of as Jacob's trouble or the great tribulation or that period of time that the majority of the book of Revelation speaks of. Uh, The prophets uh, uh, to speak of uh, the times of great duress uh, for the nation would often use uh, this phrase about a woman in in travail in the Old Testament whenever uh, you would read about this woman of travail in the Old Testament, it it generally referred to judgment or times of great duress upon uh, the nation of Israel. So the very context of these uh, final, what is it, 11 verses of Luke 17 is dealing with this time of travail, uh, this time of judgment that uh, the Son of Man will bring upon the earth uh, when he is revealed. So that is about uh, the Son of Man. So that should help you uh, place the the context of this, what he's talking about. Uh, The second thing I want to point out is that uh, both events uh, used by the Lord as uh, illustrations of the times that were coming Uh, Both of these events were what? Well, they were divine judgment upon sinful men, weren't they? Uh, Noah and Sodom, both of these were divine judgments upon uh, sinful man. Uh, the generation of Noah's day, the, the citizens of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the sin of uh, these places, the sin of this generation, uh, the sin of these men had reached a lack of a better term, a saturation point uh, to where God could uh, no longer allow it to continue uh, being a just God. Uh, God indeed is a long-suffering God, but he is also a God who is righteous and who is just. Uh, Often uh, we read uh, in the Bible of times when uh, sin reaches a point of, of no return. Uh, passages such as Genesis fifteen sixteen or Ezekiel 9, 9, or Matthew twenty three twenty eight and other places, uh, there are passages that, that talk about uh, the sin of, of a generation, the sin of a people, the sin of, of even an individual uh, reaches a point uh, that God can no longer uh, overlook it or wink at it or be long-suffering, and therefore he must judge that sin, being a just God. Uh, This is truly, uh, uh, clearly the the case in Noah's generation. Uh, This is clearly the case in the situation of Lot's uh, place of residence. Uh, In Genesis chapter 6, verse uh, 3, it says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. And then he goes on in verse 5 of Genesis 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So not a good situation. Not a very good situation. And as far as uh, Sodom and Gomorrah is concerned, uh, when the Lord uh, was speaking to Abraham, uh, he says here in Genesis 18, 
20, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, uh, that's a that's an extreme uh, phrase here used by the Lord, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which has come on to me, and if not, I will know. Very severe situation. Uh, Sin had reached its ultimate limit, and God had to pass a just judgment on the generation of Noah and on the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. The same condition will be true uh, of the tribulation period, that period of time uh, that the majority of the book of Revelation speaks about. It will be uh, just as wicked, if not more so, than it was in the days of Noah and than it was in the days of Lot. As an example, uh, in Revelations uh, chapter 14, uh, verses 8 through 10, uh, we read, and there, and there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. God would not bring this judgment unless the sin of of this generation, the sin of this time, did not warrant it. And I'm telling you that the tribulation period will be a time of great violence, It'll be a time of great wickedness. It'll be a period of uh, blasphemous religious apostasy. It'll be a time like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot, if not worse, if not worse. In fact, it'll be a period of time during the tribulation uh, that will be uh, so steeped in wickedness uh, that even Jerusalem, Uh, the city that God had chosen to put his name there. Uh, Even Jerusalem will be called Sodom. In Revelations 11, verse 8, uh, speaking of the two witnesses, uh, and the Antichrist had had, uh, put to death these two witnesses, but anyway, uh, the point is this in Revelations 11, 8, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, Okay, which is spiritually called Sodom in Egypt. Okay, where is this city? Well, he's going to identify it. Where also our Lord was crucified. Now, what city was Jesus crucified in? Jerusalem. But in Revelations, this city will become so wicked that um, it's referred to as Sodom and Egypt. Not a good place. Not a good place during uh, this this period of time. Of course, uh, the greatest sin of that period is uh, what Jesus called uh, the abomination of desolation, as spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Um, that will be when the Antichrist uh, will proclaim himself 
God. Paul wrote about this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verses 3 through 4. He says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, that's your apostasy, and that man of sin shall be, uh, be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So we're talking some pretty wicked times. Uh, Just like in the days of Noah, just like in the days of Lot, so will be this period of time that we know of as the tribulation period. And so the day of the Son of Man when he will be revealed will be a day of reckoning for the wicked upon the earth. It will be a day of punishing judgment when Jesus or the Son of Man is revealed from heaven. In Psalm 78, uh, 75 rather, in Psalm 75 in verse 8, uh, it says for in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red it is full of mixture and he poureth out the same, but the dregs thereof, that's that nasty stuff in the bottom of the cup, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. So during this period of time that Jesus is referring to, that he's likening to um, the days of Noah and the days of Lot, uh, their cup runneth over as far as wickedness and deserving of judgment from God. So that's that's the context of what uh, he's talking about when he refers to the this period of time, uh, to the days of Noah and to the days of Lot. Uh, a third thing uh, is uh, the attitude uh, that will be prevalent uh, during this period of time. Uh, it will be an attitude of hardened spiritual indifference and rebellion. It will be a period of hardened uh, spiritual indifference and uh, rebellion. And I say that uh, because uh, in both cases, uh, with those uh, that generation of the flood of Noah and uh, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, when judgment did fall, just like what Jesus says here, that when judgment did fall on uh, the the generation of Noah and on Sodom and Gomorrah, they were uh, continuing on in everyday events of of life on earth. Uh, This is what uh, Paul is referring to in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 3. uh, For when they shall say peace and safety, you know, life as it is, uh, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. So, as Noah and his family entered the ark, uh, the, re- the raindrops uh, were felt on the faces of those who watched him go in. Uh, as soon as Lot was a safe distance away, uh, Brimstone uh, leveled the cities he once called home, right? Uh, when the rapture occurs and Christ uh, catches away his bride, 
people will be still completely engrossed in the uh, transitory affairs of life, and they will remain so up until the time that the the, whole, the heavens split open and the Son of Man returns. Uh, such is the, the dark heart, the, the wickedness of man's heart. In Psalm 73, uh, Asaph is writing about the wicked, and this is his observation. In Psalms uh, 73, starting in verse 5, he says, uh, They are not in trouble as other men, uh, neither are they plagued like other men. And therefore, pride compass them about as a chain, uh, violence covereth them as a garment, uh, their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than heart could wish, uh, they are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression, they speak loftily, uh, they set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongue walketh uh, through the earth. Um, <clears throat> there uh, will be a people living uh, as if God does not exist, and if God does not matter. Gosh, it's kind of what we're experiencing today. There are people who are uh, living uh, in disasters and through catastrophes and calamities and, and things, and they're, li- they're still living their lives uh, as if God does not exist or as if uh, God does not matter. Uh, just like in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, uh, people will still be materialistic. Uh, they'll still be uh, self-centered. They'll still be uh, self-deceived. They'll still be foolishly attached uh, to the things of the here and now, uh, even more so uh, during that period of time. Uh, I read an article some time back written by a man uh, by the name of Brad Kena. It was an interesting article. It was an interesting article because uh, I don't think this man was uh, so much, uh, you know, uh, what we would consider a, you know, uh, a dyed-in-the-wool Baptist <laughs> a believer or preacher or anything like that. Uh, but he had some interesting insights, and I, I really appreciated his article. Uh, but he wrote an article, uh, Ten Signs of a Culture's End, and I want to just read his summary, if you will, of his article, and I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, Brad Kena, he writes, all, all of the signs of the demise of our culture are with us today. He says, uh, the hostility toward religion, uh, the breakup of the family, uh, the declining view of life, uh, the appetite for immorality, the violence and crime, and the declining middle class are coupled with a federal government on the brink of insolvency whose leaders are living off of society's moral decay, leading to the loss of leadership and moral will. He says the education system has robbed our children of a classic education, uh, seduced them through deceit and outright lies. The court system has given us rights we never owned. Uh, The criminal justice system does not provide justice for those who are mistreated. Uh, Legislatures have legalized immoral behavior, and our national leaders have set an example of immorality. 
I thought, man, he's right on the money with a lot of this stuff. And then he goes off and he makes this interesting quote. He says, in the days of Noah, God warned a faithless, immoral, and violent civilization of the imminent catastrophe that was about to take place, but few listened. He says, today our civilization is at the crossroads, but few are noticing the signs that are before us. It is time to take notice and to pray for spiritual awakening in this country before the light of our civilization goes out. I thought, what an interesting insight this man had. And he's absolutely right. Uh, in spite of our societies, our cultural collapse that's happening around us, people are going on with their day-to-day lives as though everything is, is normal, as though everything is is okay. Uh, what he wrote about, uh, what Mr. Kina wrote about, uh, is, is timely. But I also believe that what he wrote about is simply a prelude uh, to that generation uh, that will go into uh, what we know of as that tribulation period. All of this, I know you guys are sharp enough to pick up on this, but everything that's going on in the world is going to a certain uh, conclusion, isn't it? Uh, Proverbs chapter chapter 30, starting in verse 11, uh, speaks about a generation. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 11, it says, uh, there is a generation that curses their father and does not bless their mother. Uh, There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Uh, There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. Uh, There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Uh, So there is a generation that will wax worse and worse uh, to evolve into a people uh, so apostate in their souls and so worldly in their minds and so hard in their hearts uh, that... uh, Quite frankly, uh, they will be incapable of repentance. And that's a hard generation. And I think that generation is being prepared uh, even now. Uh, I, there is one, uh, there's a verse in Revelations that just astounds me. Uh, in Revelation, well, there's a lot of verses in Revelation that astounds me. But as far as the, the attitude of men during that time uh, that Jesus is referring to, that he likens to the days of Noah and the days of Lot, uh, Revelation 16:21. And it says, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. So instead of these men falling down and repenting and asking for forgiveness and mercy, no. What are they doing? They become more hard. They become more obstinate. And they blaspheme God because of the hail. In spite of what the world will be subjected to as God sends plague after plague, uh, man will uh, 
become more and more stubborn, more and more rebellious, more and more obstinate, uh, so much so that uh, the culmination of this whole thing will be uh, that they will uh, gather together in a valley of Megiddo and they will try to stop uh, the coming of the Son of Man to the earth. That's how that's how bad it's going to be during that time, just like in the days of Noah and just like in the days of Lot. Uh, the fourth thing that I'd like to uh, kind of talk about a little bit about uh, these days that Jesus refers to is that both had been warned of judgment to come. Uh, the generation of Noah, uh, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, both had been warned of judgment to come. Second uh, Peter chapter two and verse five, Peter wrote about Noah, uh, about these times of Noah. He says, "And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person." And he calls him a preacher of righteousness, uh, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. Uh, I believe that Noah, uh, based upon this passage, I believe that Noah preached for at least 120 years uh, to his generation about the coming flood as he built the ark. And I say this because of what uh, I read here in Genesis 6-3, where it says, uh, the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. I believe the Lord gave man another 120 years. And during this 120 years, uh, this man Noah with his sons uh, built the ark. So as the generation of Noah saw this ark rising up from the ground as Noah and his sons built the ark, uh, Noah being a preacher of righteousness was warning these people of the flood to come. They were warning. He was warning these people of God's judgment upon them. Uh, Lot, there was uh, even Lot in Second Peter uh, 2, 7. And uh, it, Peter writes, and delivered just Lot, uh, vexed with the fa- filthy conversation of the wicked, verse 8, uh, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from, de- from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Now, uh, you may not think about Lot being a uh, stellar example of a godly man or or a preacher of, of righteousness but he did rebuke the sodomites at his door as they came to try to force themselves upon uh, his visitors uh, it says that he sat in the gates uh, of sodom as a judge so maybe he you know he was trying to interject some justice and some righteousness uh, he did try to warn his daughters and his son-in-laws of what god was uh, getting ready to do uh, but uh, of course he wasn't listened to today uh, men and women are being told of judgment to come. Uh, men and women today are being told that Christ is coming, that he will return, uh, that today is the day of salvation. Um, we learned in a, in a previous lesson uh, that uh, the devil has done a masterful job in confusing uh, in the message, so much so uh, that many people are now jaded 
to the truth. Uh, he, uh, the, the Satan has got his men out there who are just uh, making a mockery of Christianity, uh, making a joke out of Christianity uh, by their lives and by their preaching. We, the message has become so jumbled uh, that people have become jaded to the truth. Uh, Peter wrote in Second Peter 3, 3, he says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, right? Walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people who are jaded to the truth. We're seeing people who are hard-hearted against the truth. Uh, you know, they're scoffers. They've turned into scoffers. Um, when the rapture of the of the true church of the body of Christ occurs, uh, men and women will continue to eat. They will continue to drink. Uh, they will continue to get married. Uh, they will continue to plant and reap and build. They'll do all those things. They'll go to the ball games. They'll do all those things uh, uh, daily life uh, as the age of grace uh, comes to an end and that uh, period of the seven tribula- uh, the, the seven year tribulation uh, begins. When the rapture happens uh, life will go on. Uh, commerce will continue buying and selling will go on uh, they'll still be building homes uh, you know uh, it'll it'll be like uh, you know like life peace and safety peace and safety uh, even though uh, the environment uh, politically and ecologically is about to undergo a major shift uh, the likes of which they had never seen before uh, they'll still go on I mean even in our own country we've seen uh, shifts, haven't we? Uh, 9-11 was a shift in in, in the world uh, at, at large. Uh, here, now we have this COVID-19. There's this major shift taking place in the world. But what's everybody wanting to do? They're wanting to get back to normal life. They're wanting to get back to the normal routine. In spite of what is going on, you know, in spite of seeing what is going on, this this shift taking place, uh, they want to get on with their normal routine in life. And so that's the main takeaway, is that people will carry on regular activities of the day, just like they did in the days of Noah, just like the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah had done. Uh, They'll ignore the signs. They'll ignore all of that. And what will take place is that the the world will have an unholy solidarity as they face the the times of those days. They will have this unholy solidarity as they face the times of those days. An interesting passage is uh, found in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 uh, verses 8 through 12 where Paul is talking about these times and he's talking about when the wicked one shows up. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 uh, in verse 8 he says and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So we're talking about the Antichrist even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders 
and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, the word... um, uh, strong in uh, strong delusion uh, is used only of the power of God or of the power of Satan. Uh, this particular uh, word strong uh, speaks of a supernatural energy, a supernatural strength, uh, something that is beyond the ability of men, uh, even something that is beyond uh, the ability or the power of, of nature. It's a, it's a supernatural strength. Uh, the word delusion uh, speaks of a wandering or a straying from the true course, uh, being a vagabond who roams uh, hither and yon. Uh, the first time that the word vagabond is found in the Word of God is in, in association with Cain. Uh, after being cursed by God for the murder of his brother Abel, uh, Cain became a vagabond. Uh, the generation of these days that Jesus likens to Noah and likens to Lot uh, here in Luke 17, uh, they will go in the way of Cain, right? Religious apostasy. We talked about that. So they will be going in the way of Cain. Uh, this strong delusion uh, will be a mental and moral delusion uh, that leads deeper and deeper into error, a, 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 a hopeless spiral into deceit and deception and darkness. So it, it's not going to be a good time. It's not going to be a good time. Uh, Adolf Hitler uh, made the comment. He said, uh, make the lie big, uh, make it simple, uh, keep saying it, and eventually they will believe it. Uh, my goodness, we're seeing that tactic uh, being used today. Uh, Vladimir uh, Lenin uh, said, a lie told often enough becomes the truth. <laughs> so fake news eventually becomes real news, right? Uh, Adolf Hitler and, and Vladimir Lenin, uh, these uh, men were mere uh, rank amp- amateurs uh, compared to the to the wicked one uh, when he shows up and and takes power uh, during this time. You know when Jesus uh, spoke of uh, Satan in John eight forty four when he spoke of the devil, uh, this is what he said. He says, "When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it." Uh, lying is so much uh, the nature of the devil uh, that he can speak nothing but lies. Uh, Even when uh, he quoted the scriptures in his temptation of Christ in the wilderness, it was a perversion of truth, right? It was. It was a perversion of truth uh, when he was trying to uh, tempt Jesus in the wilderness. When the Antichrist comes upon the world stage, um, he will also speak nothing but truths, uh, twisted truths and lies and perversions uh, to fit his needs and um, and the tragedy is that many will believe his lying words. Many will believe his lying words. Uh, of all the judgments, um, 
uh, that will fall upon uh, sinful man, uh, both Jew and Gentile in those days. Uh, it is this judgment of strong delusion that is the most damning. And it is this strong delusion uh, that will lead them into perdition. God is simply giving them over to their own heart. They had no love for the truth. So God says, okay, if you have no love for the truth, then I will give you over to your love for the lie. And that's what's going on. So uh, Jesus uh, proceeds in his instructions here in Luke 17 uh, with a very stern warning to those who will be living during those times, who will be experiencing these days that will be like the days of Noah and like the days of Lot. We read here in Luke chapter 17 in verse 31, he says, in that day, those days like the days of Noah, those days like the days of Lot, he says, in that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, he says, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. He says, remember Lot's wife. Remember what happened to her. He says, Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. In that day that Jesus is talking about, within the context of this passage, within the context of the days of Noah and the days of Lot, in that day he is clearly referring to the great tribulation that uh, the book of Revelations talks about. That period of time that will occur after the rapture of the church, those seven years of Jacob's trouble. Uh, The Lord's warning is very clear. He says, don't stick around. Flee. Uh, Don't go back into the house uh, to get anything. Get out of town while while you can. Don't linger in the field. Run. Run for all you're worth. Uh, Not all uh, who live in those days uh, that uh, we're talking about here, uh, not all who live in those days will fall under the spell of the wicked one to come. Uh, As in the days of Noah and Lot, uh, there will be preachers of righteousness, uh, preachers of the truth. Uh, We know of the 144,000 of uh, Revelations 14. Uh, We know of the two witnesses of Revelations 11 that will be a thorn in the side of the Antichrist. And even uh, there will be the elect during the time who, though tried severely, uh, will not be deceived by the Antichrist and the false prophet with their lying wonders. Now, many will believe, uh, but there will be a remnant that will not believe. In Matthew 24, 24, uh, Jesus says, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, who shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So uh, there will be some during this period of time that will not fall for the lies of the Antichrist, that will not buy into these lying wonders uh, that the false prophet brings about. So one would ask, uh, what event will occur uh, that will initiate this need 
to flee? Uh, will it be when the Antichrist steps into the temple uh, to declare himself a God, that uh, abomination of desolation that Jesus spoke about? Uh, will it be the gathering of the Antichrist's forces uh, for Armageddon to, to destroy Jerusalem? Uh, it, it may be both of these events. Uh, but for those living in those days, uh, when they see uh, these things taking place, uh, Jesus' warning is very clear. Get out. Get out now while the kidding is good. Uh, it'll be, this will be a, a horrific period of time uh, for those living in those days. Uh, in fact, Zacharias, uh, in his uh, prophetic book, in Zacharias, he tells us that uh, two-thirds of the Jews will perish during this time. In Zechariah 13.8, he writes, And it shall come to pass that in all the lands, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on my name, and I will hear, hear them. I will say, It is my people, and they shall say, The Lord is my God. Now remember this passage. Passage, Zechariah 13, 8 through 9, because we'll talk about this in just a minute. Uh, the Lord uh, gives the example of Noah, and he gives the example of Lot, and he gives the example of Lot's wife about these days. Now, Noah built the ark. Uh, when told, he got inside with his family, and God sealed the door shut. Uh, Lot was told about coming judgment, but he hesitated. And then he was taken by the hand and led out to safety at the last possible moment, wasn't he? Uh, Proverbs uh, 22.3 says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Now, I think we are given these examples uh, for a reason. Uh, of course, right? That's obvious. But this is this is my thinking. Okay, you can agree with it or not, but this is my thinking for the example of Noah and the example for of Lot and the example of uh, Lot's wife. Um, uh, human nature is such as it is. Um, uh, a fellow by the name of Harry Randall uh, Truman, an 83-year-old man, uh, in spite of repeated warnings, in spite of urgings uh, by officials uh, to evacuate his home of more than 50 years by uh, Spirit Lake, uh, he perished when Mount St. Helens erupted. And what he uh, defiantly told the officials who were concerned for his safety was this. He says, I'm going to stay right here uh, because uh, this is my home and my life is here. So, you know, pretty much I'm, I'm just not going to go anywhere. Uh, there are those uh, who hear and heed God's warning and uh, they will get out at that time. Uh, then I believe there are those who will hesitate. And at the last possible moment, they will flee, uh, but they will escape by the skin of their teeth. And then there will be those like Lot's wife. Uh, they may flee, uh, but they will perish uh, for looking back. Uh, Jesus spoke of uh, Lot's wife uh, because the delusion will be so strong uh, that many like 
uh, Lot's wife uh, will fall under that delusion uh, to their fall. Jesus is warning these folks, don't be like Lot's wife. Don't be like Lot's wife. Uh, again, uh, let me quote Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14, 1 through 2. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Uh, I believe that some uh, will flee uh, when the abomination uh, reveals itself, uh, like Noah. Uh, they will flee to hide themselves, you know. Uh, there will be some, I believe, like Lot. Uh, they will, yeah, they'll see the abomination of desolation, uh, but they will probably wait wait it out uh, until it's almost uh, too late uh, and then they'll flee when they see the the gathering armies uh, and they will barely make it out in time and then I think that there will be those who will uh, begin to flee uh, but then they will turn back and when they do that it will prove too late and then they will become trapped I think that's a very good possibility in Zechariah 14 3 uh, it says then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations that's when he comes again as when he fought in the day of battle so when the Antichrist gathers his forces to wipe out Jerusalem the Lord is going to come back and it says here in verse 4 of Zechariah 14 and his feet the Lord shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof uh, toward the east and toward the west and there shall be a very great valley and half the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south Zechariah 14 5 and ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains skin of your teeth for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azael yea ye shall flee like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah king of Judah and the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with thee Uh, so Jesus' words to those who will be living in these days of peril are very, very clear. Uh, they are to flee. Don't hesitate. Uh, be a Noah. Get out. Uh, don't go back and gather up your things. Don't go back into town, uh, but run to save your life. You know, uh, Don't be like a lot and hang around until the last minute. Uh, get out while the getting is good. But such is, in, uh, such is human nature. I think some will flee when they see the abomination of desolation. I think some will hang in there until they see the gathering armies, and then they will flee. And I think some will attempt, but they will be trapped. Just like Lot's wife, uh, they will be trapped. And that's my take on that. Now, going on in Luke 17, uh, in verse 34, Uh, we read what I believe is the judgment after all of this, uh, the judgment afterwards. In Luke 17, 34, it says, I tell you in that night there shall be two men in one bed, the one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Verse 35, two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken and the other left. Uh, Verse 36, two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Verse 37, 
And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will be will the angels be gathered together. So we are seeing here a scenario of people going along with their lives, you're right? Uh, people in the field, people asleep in the bed, uh, people working, and one shall be taken, and then one shall be left. Now, many try to make this passage into uh, the rapture of the church. Um, I do not uh, believe that's what this is. This is not uh, the rapture of the church. Um, the timing is all wrong, as well as the very context of the passage. Uh, the church, uh, those who are made up of born-again believers, those who are now currently living in this church age, they will already have been caught away to be with the Lord. Uh, this is not a, a, a rapture passage. Uh, when the Son of Man returns, uh, the bride will already be with him. Uh, they will accompany uh, the King of King, Kings as he returns um, to save Israel and defeat the Antichrist and his allies at the Valley of Megiddo. So this is not uh, the rapture of the church. Uh, what we read here in Luke uh, 17 uh, verses 34 through 37 is a scene of judgment. Uh, uh, this is a this is a scene of the separating of the tares from the wheat, uh, the separation of the sheep from the goats. In uh, Matthew uh, 13 verses 40 through 42, we read, "As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, those who are taken here in this passage are those tares that the angels shall gather up and bundle and, and cast into the fire to be burned. Uh, this is the scene that I believe that Luke 17 is talking about uh, the the taking away of the wicked uh, from the from those that are on the earth. Matthew twenty five uh, verses thirty two through thirty c uh, thirty three says. Matthew 25, 32 through 33. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. So the judge of all men, the, the son of man, uh, he shall, uh, there shall be a great judgment, a great separation. Uh, he shall do this with individuals, and he shall do this with nations. Uh, the the sheep nations are those nations that gave aid uh, to those who were persecuted uh, by the Antichrist, very much like uh, there were nations that gave aid uh, to the Jews during uh, Nazism when it was in when it was in power. Uh, these sheep nations, uh, because uh, they, uh, as Jesus talked about, uh, they gave aid to his brethren. Uh, they will be permitted into the kingdom. The goat nations are those nations 
nations that I believe allied them allied themselves uh, to the Antichrist. Uh, these were the nations that participated in their persecution of uh, those uh, that the Antichrist persecuted. Uh, they will not be allowed into the kingdom, and those nations will suffer perdition. Um, after uh, so, this is a, a, a scene of judgment taking a place. Uh, the separation of the tares from the wheat. So those taking away are not those who are raptured into heaven, uh, but these are those who are taken away into judgment. Now, as uh, Jesus um, uh, was uh, speaking, uh, there were those who were with Jesus, perhaps one of his disciples, or maybe uh, one of the Pharisees who was listening to him. Uh, they asked the question here in verse 37. Uh, and they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? Uh, where? And, uh, you know, where are these folks going to be taken away? Where are they going to go? Where? And Jesus says, And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, Thither will the eagles be gathered together. Uh, Matthew twenty four twenty eight uh, is written this way: uh, Wherefore, wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Um, in the book of Revelations, uh, we read about a invitation to dinner, a kind of a a morbid dinner, but there is an invitation uh, by God given to some uh, to come to a dinner. In Matthew, uh, not Matthew, but Revelations 19, uh, verses 17 through 18, we read about this invitation to dinner. In Revelations 19, 17, it says, And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that set on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Uh, Now what follows uh, this passage in Revelations 19 is the gathering of the beast and the kings of the earth's forces uh, to make war against the coming of the Son of Man and their ultimate defeat in the Valley of Megiddo. So this is an invitation to dinner uh, that... uh, the fowls of the of the air are are called to uh, come and have a feast on the flesh of men. Uh, the site um, uh, of where the eagles are gathered, right, will be on the victorious battlefield of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's where this feast is concerned, and that's what he means by here. Uh, wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered. It's on this victorious battlefield of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Like the lightning streaking across the sky, uh, the Lord's punitive judgment will will be swift and will be decisive, and the carcasses of men will be food for the birds, for the eagles. Uh, Those who receive not the love of the truth, uh, that they might be saved, those who persecuted uh, Christ's brethren, as he talked about in Matthew 25, uh, they shall perish. Uh, while those who were not deceived by the beast, uh, and those who fled, uh, those who uh, survived, if you will, uh, they shall be saved. They shall be allowed into the kingdom. Uh, this
this is the context of the remaining portion of Luke 17. This is why he's talking about the days of Noah and the days of Lot, because he is talking about the last days, those days that make up uh, the tribulation period, those days, that day, uh, when the Son of Man uh, shall literally return to the earth, uh, and he shall pass judgment upon the kingdoms, upon the nations, uh, just like uh, Daniel chapter 7 uh, talked about. Now, in closing, um, turn to Psalms 102, if you don't mind. But uh, Psalms 102 is a psalm uh, that has been classified as a, a messianic psalm. And they claim it's a messianic psalm, and I see the validity of this, I believe it is, uh, due to it being quoted uh, by the Apostle Paul in the Epistle to Hebrews in reference to Jesus Christ. In this psalm uh, is, a, is, a, is a passage that I think is very interesting. In Psalms uh, chapter uh, 102, Verses 16 through 22. Uh, Let's look at this. Psalms 102, verse 16, it says, When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion, and his praise in Jerusalem, when the people are gathered together, and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Now there are those who try to spiritualize this, and try to say that this was when Jesus came and died on the cross. That is not what this passage is. This is a second coming, uh, millennial kingdom passage. It is a marvelous summary of that time uh, that Jesus spoke about here as far as the days of Noah and the days of Lot uh, when Jesus returns. Uh, When Israel in peril and destitution shall call out in faith to the one whom they have pierced, then that generation, uh, the people which shall be created, uh, the remnant that has been refined in the fire that I talked about in Zechariah, they shall see the Lord come in glory to build up Zion, the kingdom. I believe that the groaning of the prisoners uh, may be those who were put in concentration camps by the Antichrist as he waged war against the saints that Daniel chapter 7 talks about, uh, slating them for death, uh, for their refusing the, the mark and, and worshiping the beast, very much like it will be. It was back in Nazi Germany uh, when the Jews were put in concentration camps. And these prisoners will be released and they will give praise to the king who has come to deliver them. Uh, the people and nations Uh, shall gather together uh, those who have been allowed to enter into the kingdom as the sheep nations uh, to serve the Lord in Zion uh, with Jerusalem being the capital of the entire world as the son of man sits on the throne of David this little passage in Psalms 102 is a marvelous summary of that time when Jesus returns exactly what Jesus was talking about here in Luke chapter 17 
Um, now, in the meantime, as I finish out, uh, in the meantime, uh, as these days of the church are, are fast coming to a close, uh, knowing that we will be raptured, knowing that we will not experience uh, these uh, particular days, um, what are we to do? Uh, you know, as we are uh, waiting to hear the words come up hither, uh, what does all of this uh, mean to us? How does this apply to us? Um, let me read to you a passage in Proverbs uh, that uh, kind of pricks my heart every time I read it. In Proverbs chapter 24, 11 through 12, it says, If thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? That's Proverbs chapter 24, verses 11 through 12. Uh, Folks, the days are short. Uh, Time is quickly passing away. Uh, The bride of Christ will not pass through this time of tribulation that I believe that Jesus is talking about here in Luke 17. Uh, But we are to warn others of its coming, because it's coming. Uh, Like the watchman on the wall, uh, we are to sound the warning. We are to sound the warning. If uh, no one heeds the warning, uh, we're clear of their blood. If they don't want to listen, it's you know that's not our fault. We told them. If they don't want to listen, that's on them. But if we don't sound the warning, right? If we don't sound the warning, if we have this knowledge and we're not warning folks, will we not be held accountable? And will he not render to every man according to his works? Uh, Yes, he will. Yes, he will. So that is uh, our study on Luke 17. I do hope you found it uh, profitable and instructive. Uh, And again, um, you know, these days are days of warning. These days are are closing down and so if you uh, let's take the opportunity let's take the opportunity and and let's let's warn folks before it's too late let's warn folks before it's too late so uh let me close in prayer and then uh uh and uh, we'll just we'll just go on we thank you and, and we praise you lord god and you know with with uh, much knowledge there's there's much accountability and much responsibility uh, father we look at these passages and we read about those times and you know in our heart of hearts we say well boy i'm glad we're not going to have to go through that but uh, father in heaven we know that uh, those times leading up to these times are just going to wax worse and worse and worse and therefore lord uh, we're going to need your strength we're going to need your presence we're going to need to stand firm for the truth and at the same time father we want to pluck as many brands as we can out of the fire Uh, help us father give us that courage give us that love uh, that would motivate us to to reach out to those brands and to pluck them out of the fire we thank you and praise you lord we ask for your blessing on this day blessing upon your word pray father for the blessing upon brian as he gets ready to 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 share the word of god with us at 10 30 and we pray father in heaven for uh for us to be able to get back together again uh, as a body in 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 uh, in the church, and Lord uh, to be able to just fellowship together once again, we thank you and we praise you in Christ's name, Amen. Well, thanks very much, everybody, for uh, for uh, showing up, and. Um,
hopefully you'll see you soon. Okay, push this button.